0: something our God can't do, and that is fail. And he has victory for you. He has a powerful and personal word for you to help you walk in victory in this new year. He's got a plan. He hasn't given up on you. He's still got a purpose. As long as you're still breathing, God still has a plan and a purpose, and it's a good one for your life. So let's bow together. Dear God, I thank you that you'll never fail us. Lord, we fail many times, and We fall, but you're right there to pick us up when we get to our knees and admit how much we need you and surrender to you. And so we do that today, Lord. We admit how much we need you for every breath. We just don't recognize it. Lord, so many times we don't think about it or we think we can do it on our own and then we fall, Lord, and you remind us of how powerful and how loving you are. So I pray, Lord, over the next few moments, that you would just change lives, that you would break chains, and that you would set people free to live from their true self. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. How many of you guys have heard of the doomsday clock? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the doomsday clock is a symbol for sparking conversation about how close humanity is to self-destruction. And it was started in 1947 by scientists who developed the first atomic weapons in the Manhattan Project, including Albert Einstein. And now the doomsday clock is set annually by the Bulletin Science and Security Board. And the 2022 setting was just revealed, and it's 100 seconds to midnight. That is, if 24 hours was a symbol of all of human history, these scientists extrapolate that we're living in the last one minute and 40 seconds before the end of the world. Now, that's not very encouraging, is it? Now, it does feel like it's about midnight with all the seemingly unsolvable global problems facing us and all the craziness, corruption, and confusion among world leaders today and all the pain and suffering in the world. It does feel like it's about 100 seconds to doomsday, except for one big factor that the scientists who decide upon the doomsday clock never take into account. That one factor, the God of hope. The God of hope can create a spark of hope that ignites a wildfire of hope that brings a revival of hope to our hopeless and hurting world. And maybe today, you feel like it's about midnight in your life, and you feel hopeless. We all feel hopeless at times. Maybe you feel hopeless about your job situation. Or maybe you feel a sense of hopelessness in your marriage. Or maybe you feel hopeless to break free from a destructive habit that it seems like has you and you can never get away from. Or maybe you feel hopeless to change a person in your life that really needs to change desperately. Or maybe you feel hopeless about the future. Everything just looks dark and bleak to you. Or maybe you feel a sense of hopelessness about your health. The test results don't look good or the pain just never seems to go away. Or maybe you feel a hopelessness to heal from a deep wound that time just doesn't take away. We all experience those times in life where it feels like it's almost midnight and our hearts are longing for just one spark of hope to change everything. And I know that God wants to give you that spark of hope today. I believe with all my heart that God wants to give you a spark of hope and sing his song of hope into your heart so it creates a wildfire of hope within you and it changes everything in your life. I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. And here we see that Paul and Silas find themselves in an almost midnight situation. On the surface, it looks hopeless. You see, Paul and Silas had just brought the gospel to Europe for the first time, and and there were so many people coming to Christ, and lives were being changed, and God was working in a tremendous way. But then in Philippi, they were imprisoned falsely, beaten chained, and the doors were locked and they were left there to rot. But here we see the secret that sparks hope at midnight and breaks the chains of hopelessness. So would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodlands Church, and wherever you're at, maybe you're on the other side of the world, worshiping with us through our online family, we're all part of the same church, our City campus, our Woodlands campus, our broadcast ministry, our e-family all over the world. We're part of one church built on the word of God. And so just follow along with me. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing songs to God as the other prisoners listened. Suddenly there was a strong earthquake that shook the foundation of the jail. Then all the doors of the jail broke open and all the prisoners were freed from their chains. The jailer woke up and saw that the jail doors were open, thinking that the prisoners had already escaped. He got a sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul shouted, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. And the jailer told someone to bring a light. Then he ran inside, shaking with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them outside and said, men, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all the people in your house. You can be seated. Did you notice the first two words in that passage? About midnight, about midnight. Paul and Silas had experienced quite a day, but it started at sunrise as they woke up on a huge high. They had just won their first convert in all of Europe, a woman named Lydia, and now Paul and Silas were walking to a prayer gathering with Lydia and her family and her friends and God was moving but that was about 7 a.m., and now it's about midnight, and they're sitting in a filthy prison cell, bleeding from being beaten. Earlier in the day, Paul and Silas were rejoicing because the prayer gathering was gaining momentum. It was rapidly growing. They had baptized all of Lydia's family, most of her friends, and they were telling their friends and their friends, and the spark of the gospel of hope that started with Lydia was now a wildfire of hope that looked like it could sweep through all of Europe. But that was about noon. Now it was about midnight, and it looked like the revival that started with such promise on a beautiful hillside in Philippi was doomed to die out in a dark prison cell, just blocks from where it started. And just a few hours before, Paul and Silas were performing miracles in the name of Jesus and setting people free from the chains of Satan that held them captive. But that was about 3 p.m. Now it was about midnight, and Paul and Silas were in chains, their hands and feet shackled to a prison cell. It all started about sunrise with perfect circumstances, but now it was about midnight, and things looked as dark as it gets but it's what Paul and Silas choose to do at about midnight that makes all the difference. And folks, midnight comes into every life. You can't stop it, you can't avoid it, you can't get around it, you can't dodge it. Midnight comes into every life. It may be a midnight of depression, a midnight of loss, a midnight of grief, a midnight of anxiety a midnight of doubt, a midnight of betrayal. Midnight comes into every single life. But it's what you do in those midnight moments that will make all the difference. What you do in those midnight moments, and some of you are in a midnight moment right now, it's about midnight. And it feels like you're in a hopeless situation. It feels hopeless to change it but it's what you do next that will make all the difference. Let's look at it in Acts 16, 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing songs to God as the other prisoners listened. They were singing praise songs at about midnight. They were singing praise songs in chains behind bars. Paul and Silas were singing the song of hope in a seemingly hopeless situation. They were singing the song of hope even when they couldn't hear the music. Now, I don't think Paul and Silas were naive. I don't think they were denying reality. It was about midnight. Things looked hopeless. I I think that they just chose to sing the song of hope in faith to the God of hope because they trusted in the God of hope. I, I think they were saying, God, we don't understand why you've allowed this, it doesn't make any sense to us. We're in pain. This isn't the way we thought it would go, but we know you know best and we trust you. We trust that you know what you're doing even when we don't know what you're doing and we sing the song of hope in faith because we trust you, the God of hope. You see, Jesus Christ is our only hope. How were they able to sing the song of hope in a seemingly hopeless situation? Well, the song of hope comes from the source of hope. So the real question is, what is your source of hope? What is my source of hope? Is the source of your hope your career? Is the source of your hope your wealth? Is the source of your hope another person? Have you placed your hope in your wealth? Have you placed your hope in another person? Have you placed your hope in yourself? Those things are good and fine, but all those things are a source of false hope. And if you're hoping in those things, if you've placed your hope in anything that can change or be taken away, at your midnight moment you will feel hopeless and you will be hopeless. You see, The song of hope only comes from the source of hope. And what is the source of hope? Romans 15, 13 tells us, may God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the source of hope. Paul and Silas had discovered the only source of hope is Jesus Christ. And when you place your hope in Christ rather than circumstances, Then he fills you with a song of hope that overflows that no circumstances can steal. In Psalm 118, 13, David says, they pushed hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He is my savior. Did you get that? He is my song. Because he is our song of hope, no one can steal the song of hope from you. For you see, there's no prison of pain. There's no prison of anxiety. There's no prison of betrayal. There's no prison of despair. There's no prison of depression that can steal away the song of hope because the song of hope comes from the source of hope and it wells up within my soul. And it doesn't have anything to do with my circumstances. So no circumstances can steal your song of hope. Because he is our song, and no one can take him away from us. And no one can snatch us from his hand. If you're a Christ follower, the song of hope is in you, Jesus Christ. And so no circumstance. I mean, no prison cell closing in on you. No prison cell of hopelessness. No prison cell of fear. No prison cell of chaos that may be closing in all around you can steal the song of hope from your heart because the song of hope comes from the source of hope, Jesus Christ, and that song wells up within your soul and it overflows in your life. And no one can take the song of hope from you. When you sing praise to God, after he rescues you, that's gratitude, and it's really important to sing praise to God and thank him for what he's done. That's thanksgiving. But when you praise God before he rescues you, before he breaks the chains, before he sets you free, when you praise God before, then that's faith. And faith sparks a chain reaction that breaks chains. In Acts 16, 26, here's what happened next. Suddenly there was a strong earthquake that shook the foundation of the jail. And all the doors of the jail broke open and all the prisoners were freed from their chains. The song of hope, breaks the chains of hopelessness. The song of hope breaks the chains of despair. The song of hope breaks the chains of pain and problems and difficulties. The song of hope breaks the chains of addictions. The song of hope breaks the chains of sin. The song of hope breaks the chains of hell itself because hell cannot stand against the song of hope sung by the people of hope. The gates of hell will not prevail against the song of hope sung by the people of hope because of the source of hope, Jesus Christ. And it's contagious. Have you ever got a song stuck in your head and you just can't get it out? And usually it's a terrible song, that's the sad thing about it. You know, you hear a song on the radio or you know, you're know, you going through and it just gets stuck in your head you just can't get it out and Baby Shark has been one of those songs for me and it was, It was really popular like five years ago and it's still stuck in my head, you know? It's painful. There's all these songs that get stuck in our heads and the song of hope is contagious. Once you hear it, though, it gets stuck in your heart. And it doesn't make you miserable, it fills you with joy. In Acts 16, 27, it says, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, He drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. See, the earthquake shakes the jailer out of a deep sleep and when he wakes up, he sees the prison doors are wide open and he sees the door of his life closing right before him because the punishment for allowing a prisoner to escape was torture and death. So he wanted to avoid the torture, so he took out his sword to kill himself because he had lost all hope. He'd come to the end of hope. He had come to this place where he couldn't muster up any hope, no hope whatsoever, and it was all over. And one of the reasons that we lose hope, one of the reasons that we feel hopeless is because of our failures. He thought he had failed at the one thing that he was supposed to have success in, guarding the prisoners, and and when we fail in life, Many times, we get chained to those failures because we forget that with God, failure is never final. We forget that with God, his love and his grace aren't based on our failures or successes. His love is not based on my performance, my successes or my failures. His love is based on his character. But what happens is, we get defined by our failures and sometimes we chain ourselves to our failures and our negative self-talk just reinforces it that we're not worthy and we're not enough. We'll never be enough and we don't have what it takes and we'll never have what it takes and, and we become chained, totally chained to our failures in life because we let the chains of our failures define us and maybe we can fake it at times where people can't see the chains We try to tuck them in, and uh, we try to hide them, but we feel them at all times. The chains of our failures, we allow those chains to define us. And then the chains turn into chains of shame. And we feel the shame, and when you have the chains of shame because of your failures and mistakes and sins and regrets, what happens is you try to deny them, you try to hide them because we don't want to feel that shame. We'll try just about anything to avoid the shame. We'll anesthetize the pain. We will run from the pain. We will try to act like we've got it all together and we'll try to lie to ourselves, but those chains are still there. So what do we do? How do we break free from those chains, those chains of failure? And maybe you feel chained to your shame. And you think God is through with you that he can never use you again. You're a Christ follower, but but you think all my sins, mistakes, failures, wrong turns, bad decisions in life. I mean, God is just finished with me. God is tired of dealing with me. God can never use me again. God's put me on the shelf because I'm done. But that's not true. The God of hope is singing his song of hope into your heart right now. Now maybe the song of shame is blaring so loud in your head that you can't hear the true song of hope that God is singing in your heart. You see, if you're a Christ follower, in your flesh you still sin. And sometimes in our flesh when we give in and we sin, we fall. We make terrible mistakes and bad decisions in our flesh but that's not who you are. That's what you did but that's not who you are. In your true self if you're a Christ follower, Your true self, you're a child of God, you're righteous in Christ. You have a deep desire to follow him at all times. You love him with all your heart. And so don't let your flesh define you. But the only way you can have victory over it is to admit it, is to admit it. What do you do with shame? What do you do with your failures and sins and mistakes? You don't hide it, you don't try to hide the chains. What you do is you bring the chains to the cross, you bring the chains of shame and failure and sin and you just admit it. You don't try to hide it from God and others, you just bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ and he will break the chains and he will set you free. That's the only way to bring it into the light of the cross. You see, Satan is the accuser. The enemy is the accuser of the saints. He's always accusing you and the strange thing is, he will accuse you in your mind and you think it's you thinking those things. That negative self-talk, it comes from the enemy. Why do you think it's you? Because he'll talk in your Texas accent. (laughs) But it's the enemy. He's whispering all those things. You're not enough. You'll never be enough. God doesn't love you after all you've done. And, And when you try to deny that and walk away from that, what you do instead is just go, yeah, you're right, I don't deserve it, but I've done those things, but that's not who I am. I bring those things to the cross, and I give my shame to him. I step into the light, and I bring my shame to the cross of Jesus Christ, because I can't break this chain. I know some of you think that I can, and you're crazy if you do. Oh, Pastor Kerry, I believe you can do anything. Nope, it's very little I can do, but whenever I've got these chain breakers. I've got this to cut the chains. I can break the chains because when I place myself in God's power and his strength and control, he breaks the chains. You see, Jesus Christ is singing the song of hope into your heart and he wants you to listen. The problem is that song of shame is just blaring in your head but listen to your heart, listen to Christ, speak to your heart, and as you listen to him speak to your heart, you move right to the cross, and you let him break the chains free, and the only way is to surrender to Jesus Christ, to his care and control. When I surrender to him, he breaks the chains. He says, surrender to me, and I will set you free. And some of you, you've been chained by some things for a long time. Maybe it's the chain of an addiction. Maybe it's the chain of fear. Maybe it's the chain of a past hurt. Maybe it's the chain of past sins and failures. And you're chained to your shame. I'm telling you, the only way is you bring it to the cross. You surrender, a daily surrender. First, surrender to him and receive salvation. But then it's a daily process of coming back to the cross over and over again, coming back to the cross and realizing that you're broken and you need him to make you whole. And when you surrender, he says, surrender to me and I will set you free. Some of you are gonna get free from your chains today. Some of you, you're so used to those chains, it's like what they used to do in the circus years ago with training elephants. For you see, If they put a chain around an elephant's leg and and hammered a peg into the ground, that elephant could just rip that chain, rip the whole pole up so strong. But what they would do is they would take a baby elephant and they would put that chain around the baby elephant's leg and, and put that post into the ground and the baby elephant would struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and couldn't break free and as it would grow big and huge and strong, it would never try again because in its mind, it was stuck to that chain. When it could easily have just pulled it out. For you see, some of you are chained to your past failures and God says, you can be free. Just bring those chains to the cross. Don't try to hide them, just bring them to the cross and I will cut you free. You can't break free on your own with your own strength and your own power, but you bring them to me and you will break free. Well, when the jailer who had lost all hope because of his failure, Pulled out a sword to kill himself. Paul and Silas yelled, don't harm yourself, we're still here. And God says to you today, don't harm yourself, I'm still here. Don't lose hope, I'm still here and I still have a plan. Are you still breathing? Then I still have a plan for your life. Don't punish yourself because I've taken the punishment on the cross for you. So don't take it out on yourself because it was taken out on me. And I want to give you my free gift of forgiveness and peace and purpose. God says, surrender to me and I will set you free. When I bring my brokenness to Christ and I surrender in my brokenness, he breaks me free from my chains. When I hide my brokenness from God and others, I remain in my chains. When I bring all the broken pieces of my life to God and I just admit it, then he makes something beautiful out of the broken pieces. You see, God can take all the broken pieces of your life and make something beautiful out of it and break you free from shame. In Isaiah 61, three, it says, to those who have sorrow in Zion, I will give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Get that, to those who have sorrow in Zion. It doesn't say, to those who have it all together in Zion. To those who are really happy in Zion. To those where everything's going perfect. No, it says to those who have sorrow. To those who are broken. To those who live from a place of brokenness. I will give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I will give them the oil of joy instead of sorrow. And a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of no hope. When you feel broken and hopeless, it's a good thing. Just bring it right to God. Bring it right to the cross When you feel broken and hopeless and you feel like you're in an about-midnight situation in your life and everything feels hopeless, just bring it to the cross. And what does he say? When you have a spirit of no hope and you bring it to the cross, then I'll give you a spirit of hope. I will replace that spirit of no hope with a spirit of praise and joy. You see, he can take the ashes of betrayal and make something beautiful out of it. He can take the ashes of failure and bring victory out of it. And when you hear the song that comes from Satan that just blares in your brain that you're not enough, you'll never be enough, you bring that to the cross and he'll replace it with the song of you're more than enough because you're a child of the living God. When you hear that song from the enemy that says, you don't have what it takes, you'll never have what it takes, you just take that song to the cross and he'll replace it with a song of You have all that it takes because you have the song of hope within your heart. Well, after Paul and Silas yelled, don't harm yourself, we're still here, the jailer, I mean, he was shocked. And in Acts 16, 30, it says, then he led them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The prison guard fell down at their feet and said, how can I get what you've got? Because I don't got what you have. I want what you have. You see, I don't think it was the miracle of the earthquake that opened his eyes to want to receive salvation. That was the big miracle it looked like, but that really wasn't the big miracle that I think that got his attention. The big miracle that got his attention from the very beginning is how could they sing a song of hope in a hopeless situation? How could they have hope when they're chained and been beaten and in a prison cell? He was like, these guys have something that I don't have. And he wanted it. He wanted that kind of hope. And I'm telling you, when you sing the song of hope in a seemingly hopeless situation in your life, when you sing the song of hope in those midnight moments in your life, people notice because they know they don't have that. It's not in the great victorious times of our life and people go, oh man, look at that, he's so blessed. I want what he had, no, no. It's when you're going through the valley, and it's in the valley that you're singing the song of hope. People look and say, what is that? I don't have that. I want that. I remember when I was flying home from Cincinnati, um, right after our grandson Jude Samuel went to be with the Lord, and Josh and Kelly and Chris and other family members had gone on back to, to Houston uh, to get ready for the funeral that was coming, and and I stayed back to fly with Jude's little body on the, the airplane and, and I didn't know how this all works but, but they always tell the flight attendants and the pilot and co-pilot, you know, if there's someone on the plane who's um, in the bereavement process taking a family member back who's passed away. And, and so a flight attendant came up to me, two or three of the staff came up to me and said, we're so sorry for your loss. They knew that they were carrying a, a little baby. And, um, and they were so sweet and so kind, so nice. And I talked to them, and I started talking to the man next to me. And he said, just last month, I did the same thing. I didn't know how it worked either, but I was the one who accompanied my mother's body back to her hometown to be buried. In. And something, there's something different about you. He said, I recognize you, you're a pastor, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, but that's not it. It's that, it's that it seems like that you have joy or something. It seems like that you, I, I mean, how are you doing okay? He said, because when I lost my mom and on the way back, he said, I just, I just felt no hope. And I got to share about the hope in Jesus Christ. You see, we can be hurting We can be desperate, we can even be angry at God and not understand what he's doing, but the song of hope is in our hearts. The song of hope is in our hearts and no one can steal it away at any time. There's nothing in this world that can separate you from the song of hope that is in the God of hope, Jesus Christ, if you're a Christ follower. And when people see the song of hope in your life in a seemingly hopeless situation, There's no explanation for it other than Jesus Christ. And people want that kind of hope. People need that kind of hope. And so he said, what must I do to be saved? And in Acts 16, 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They said, place your hope in the only hope Jesus Christ and that's the only way, and then you'll have the hope that we have, and you'll sing the song of hope regardless of the midnight moments in your life, and you will be saved. But I love how they said, and you and your household, if you have a family member who doesn't know Christ right now, don't lose hope. It says, you and your household, you hold on to that promise, and you keep praying for them. You and your household, you hang on to that, and you keep praying for them. There's no such thing as a lost cause, There's no such thing as someone who has wandered so far away that God's love is not there. And so you keep praying for them. You keep praying for them. You keep praying for them. Because there's always hope. Why? Because we have a God of hope. That's why it may be 100 seconds to midnight. Maybe those scientists are right. We're 100 seconds away from destroying ourselves. Could be. But we have hope and that spark of hope can create a chain reaction that breaks chains and changes hearts, changes communities, and changes the world. In the darkest night, the light of the world shines brightest, and that's why we are the people of hope. You see, I believe the jailer and his family became part of God's family instantly, and Lydia and all those other believers welcomed he and his family, into the church family, the first church in Europe, because they were the people of hope. And we are the people of hope. And that's why it's so important in this time, in this age, in this era, that you link up with the people of hope, that you become part of the people of hope, and the people of hope is the church of Jesus Christ. And when we link together, that's a chain that can never be broken because the church is the only organization that is eternal. Every other good organization down here on this earth will pass away, but it's the church of Jesus Christ the gates of hell will not prevail against. He is building his church, and you can join, you can link up with the people of hope, and when we link up with the people of hope, God gives hope into our hearts. You see, Jesus Christ, is the hope of the world. There's no other hope. I mean, I look at our world situation today, and yeah, I think we're probably even closer than 100 seconds to midnight. Because of all the sin, and the hurt, and the darkness in the world today, the evil, the injustice, I think we're probably closer to 100 seconds. But I know this, Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. He's our only hope. But we have him, but but here's the thing. Jesus, right before he ascended to heaven, said, I'm leaving, I'm leaving this earth, I'm going back to the Father, but I'm gonna send you my Holy Spirit, and you're gonna be my body. Church, you're gonna be my body, and I'm gonna fill you with my spirit, and you're gonna be my hands to reach out to the hurting and hopeless. You're gonna be my feet to go wherever the hopeless and hurting are. You're gonna be my voice to speak the song of hope, and to sing the song of hope into the lives of the hopeless. And there's no other way. This is plan A, Jesus said, and there's no plan B. And if the church says, well, eh, we can't change the world, there's no plan B. Jesus Christ, through his church, the local church, is the only hope of the world. That's why I do what I do because I know that the local church is the only hope of the world. Government is not the hope of the world. We need to pray for good government and all that and pray for our leaders but that's not the hope of the world. The hope of the world is Jesus Christ through his church, the church being the church, being Jesus to people and bringing the gospel of hope to them. Not the gospel of hate but the gospel of hope. In this church, we will bring the gospel of hope and it's the truth. Will it offend some people? You better believe it because it's the truth. But we will not share the truth in hate. We will share the truth in love. We will never change on the truth, but we will never change sharing the truth in love. In Jesus' name, he's the chain breaker. He's the one that gives hope. He's the one that sets us free. But I believe with all my heart, the church is the only hope. The church of Jesus Christ, and when local churches who believe Jesus is our only hope, band together, it's gonna change the world. And it's gonna be a spark of hope that brings a revival of hope that sweeps the world like wildfire. I believe that with all my heart. And the only one who can do that is the God of hope. So let me ask you, are you a part of the people of hope? Are you a part of the people of hope, the church? If not, you can join our church today. We have our membership class at one o'clock. It's from one to three. It is gonna be a great membership class today. That's how you join Woodland Church. You take a baby step and you link up with a chain that will never be broken. And when you do that, God works miracles in your life. There are a lot of great churches in this area that believe Jesus is the only hope. You gotta find one and join one. We'd love to have you here. If you're here, that probably means that You fit this church, and God wants you to be here, and and God has a plan for you here, a plan to use you. Don't miss out on that. Don't come to the end of your life and realize that you missed out on what Jesus was up to in this world. You see, we're to join Jesus and what he's up to, and what is he doing? He said, I'm building my church, my forever family. That's what I'm doing. I'm building my church. The church is filled with imperfect, broken people, but we have the only one who is perfect living in our lives. And we have the one who can make everyone whole in our lives. And we have the only hope in our hearts and lives. And I'm telling you, in these dark hours, the light of the world wants to shine the most, he wants to shine through you the church of the living God. You are a child of the living God if you're a Christ follower. And we're gonna live like it. We're gonna step up and watch him break the chains. This is a chain breaking day and I want you to bow your heads right now because I believe with all my heart, God wants to break some chains. God of hope, we know you're only hope. We need you for our very next breath. And so many times, Lord, I don't realize that. It's only in those about midnight moments that I realize how much I need you, but I need you that way all the time. And so, Lord, I just pray for everyone who's in a midnight moment that they would see the sacredness of the moment, that it's in those midnight moments that we see clearly what everything is like all the time, that we really see reality that we need you every moment for every breath and every heartbeat. And so Lord, we admit that today and we surrender to you and we bring all of our brokenness, our chains of shame and failure and sins, we bring them to the cross and we thank you that you're breaking us free And I thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray you do miracles today and break people free from addictions, break people free, Lord, from deep wounds and bitterness. Break people free, Lord Jesus. Bring healing and strength as only you can. As we don't hide the chains and the shame and the hurt and the sins, but we just bring them into the light. We bring them to the cross. And Lord, we connect with other people of hope that don't have it all together but they're going the right direction and we connect with other people of hope and we ask you, Lord Jesus, to raise us up, the people of hope, and change the world as only you can. Lord, forgive us for our complaints. Forgive us for our unbelief in this time. Instead of griping and complaining, and Lord, help us to see this is the greatest opportunity in the history of the world to be alive, to step up and be Light and hope in the darkness. And Lord, I pray for those who have never received you, the God of hope, that they would pray this prayer right now silently to you. Jesus Christ, I admit you're my only hope. I've tried so many things. I've placed my hope in a lot of different things that have always let me down. So now I place all the hope I have. The little bit of hope I have, I place it all on you, Jesus Christ, to save me, to forgive me of my sins, and to come into my life and be the Lord of my life from now on. I accept your free gift of heaven and salvation. Thank you for saving me. Help me grow in my faith. Help me get connected, Lord, to this church family and grow with the people of hope. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together. I believe with all my heart, in Jesus' name, he wants to break the chains. If you have a chain of addiction, if you have a chain that is just holding you back, I'm telling you, just bring it to the cross and then bring it to someone else who is a person of hope, who loves Jesus Christ, who gets it. We have a Tuesday night restoration ministry. It's amazing. We have so many ministries. We have a grief share ministry. We have a divorce care ministry. We have all these ministries that, what are ministries? There's people. What is the church? The church is just people. It's family. We're all in it together. We don't have to hide our... Shame, we bring it to the cross, we bring it to others, and we live in victory, and he breaks the chains. Do you believe God can break the chains in your life? I don't know what chain it is. Maybe it's a chain that you feel like you can't dream again, that you can't believe again, that you can't trust again, that you can't step out in faith again, and you feel chained from something that happened in your past. God wants to break that chain today. Do you believe God, Jesus Christ, the God of hope, can break those chains? Do you believe the song of hope cannot be contained in any prison cell? I believe that with all my heart. Let's thank him and let's sing and let him break every single chain in our lives and set us free to walk in faith, to set us free to walk into the future, to set us free to be the people of hope, to bring hope to this hurting world. Do you believe that? Let's thank the Lord Jesus, the God of hope. Hey church.